Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Good morning. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Frank Stample. Today is Thursday, the 27th of February, 2020. I'm back in Studio C. Frank Stample is in New Jersey. We're going to have our Sports Grid update coming up in a few minutes. A lot of discussion in baseball today. A couple of interviews as well. And we will do our final position preview of the 2020 Fantasy Baseball season as we touch on the closers. And then next week, we dive into uh, team-by-team previews. We have the League of Alternative Baseball Reality Draft coming up this weekend, so I'm headed on the road uh, this weekend to participate in that. My draft is Sunday afternoon, so a couple days between now and then to break down everything going on in fantasy. Frank, good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well, Craig. Happy to be here live from the FanDuel Sportsbook over at the Meadowlands. Sunny day out here in New Jersey, a little bit windy. Make sure you pack that hoodie, pack that jacket up. I know it's about to be a little cold, a little frigid out there in Florida, Craig. How's everything going with you? Another day, uh, we got a bunch more injuries to talk about too, man. It's just, this is the way it goes in, the, in, in February, late February, huh, Craig? Yeah, and, and I it was uh, appeared on uh, VEASAN this morning, the Vegas Stats and Information Network, and I, and I asked this question, Frank. I mean, really, think about it from a conceptual standpoint. Uh, if you're going to the Westgate Hotel and you want to bet one of those props on individual players this season, and you wanted to bet an over on anyone, on any prop, home run, hits, you know, RBIs, runs, stolen bases, batting average, uh, could you do it now? Why? Why, why would you do it? Like, wait. Until the day before, Frank, I don't see any good reason to do it now. The lines don't seem to be moving at all. And if you waited the day before, you would avoid an injury, like to Sale with an illness or to uh, Severino or to Giancarlo Stanton. It seems pretty natural to me. I got to wait. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. I mean, the lines aren't really going to move all that much, so you might as well wait until right before opening day. Get your bets in. Yep, sounds good. We got a sports grid update coming up next as we'll be back in just a minute to break everything down that's going on in spring training today. I am Alex Fasano with your Sports Grid news update here on FST Fantasy Sports Today. In the NBA, Philadelphia 76ers All-Star Center Joel Embiid left Wednesday night's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers and was ruled out 
with a left shoulder sprain. Embiid will have an MRI today. Thursday, he told the Philadelphia Inquirer. 76ers coach Brett Brown said he was unsure whether Embiid would play in Thursday's home game against the New York Knicks. Here's a quote from Brown. I'm really sort of a prisoner to the medical people's information. I haven't checked in. I just left the team. I'm unsure. I really am unsure. Philadelphia was also playing without all-star guard Ben Simmons, who missed his second straight game because of nerve impingement in his lower back. Another quote from Brown. I feel like when you don't have Joel and you don't have Ben, it's an opportunity for others to put their hand up and declare, this is who we are. In Major League Baseball, guys, the Houston Astros are being targeted. Alex Bregman becomes the seventh Astros player hit by a pitch in five games. He was hit on the back by a breaking ball from St. Louis reliever Ramon Santos on Wednesday, making him the seventh player plunked in five spring training games. Not even a regular season game yet. Bregman said, quote, it was a splitter. It just got away from him. Some opposing players have called for retaliation against the Astros following, of course, Major League Baseball's finding of the electronic sign-stealing scandal en route to the 2017, uh, 2017 excuse me, World Series title and again in 2018. Santos 1-0 pitch in the fifth inning struck him on the left shoulder. The two-time All-Star Bregman trotted to first and was replaced by a pinch runner. Also in Major League Baseball, New York Yankees slugger Giancarlo Stanton will likely miss opening day. No new news here. Guys, it's Stanton. He can't stay on the field. He has a strained right calf. Manager Aaron Boot said Stanton was injured near the end of defensive drills on Tuesday. An MRI found a grade one strain. Here's a quote from Boone. It will probably put us against it a little bit. I would say it's time for him to get back. But then getting built up and stuff, we'll see. This was the second straight day New York announced an injury, of course, following Luis Severino needing Tommy John surgery, and he will miss the entire season this year. you got a full slate of NBA, NHL, and college hoops, some you want to consider. The New York Knicks visiting the Philadelphia 76ers. Sixers are your six-point favorites. The total is 210 and a half. And the Los Angeles Lakers visiting the Golden State Warriors. Lakers are your 10-point favorites. The total, 220 and a half. All right, I'm Alex Fasano. This has been your Sports Grid News Update. Now back to Craig and Frank on FST. Thanks very much, Alex. And as we get back here on the show, uh, I want to hit on Stan here in a minute, but I do want to touch on one thing uh, that Alex just said. Um, look, I have been now to, there's been about a week of spring training games, Frank, and I just want to be clear on something. Um, I've seen games with the Astros, and I've seen games without the Astros. Everybody is getting hit. Uh, there were six hit-by-pitches the last two games in Jupiter. These guys are not ready to pitch. I know that that's going to be the narrative all season long, but uh, you know, the first game of spring training, uh, you know, players that didn't even play on the Astros 2018, 2019, didn't have a single game of Major League Baseball experience were getting hit. And so I can understand uh, from an outsider's opinion, just looking at it and envisioning that that indeed is happening. And I'm not saying that it that it won't happen during the regular season, but I got to tell you, now it is not part of the equation. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. It's all about perspective here, Craig. And I think, you know, a lot of the pitchers who are pitching right now are young pitchers. They are still getting ramped up. They could be wild at times. You know, some of these guys are in spring training in camp for the first time. So, uh, yeah, it's not crazy for them to be a little bit rusty from the get-go, maybe even be a little bit nervous first time on the mound in the spring. So I think it's a really good point that you bring up. It's something that we'll have to pay attention to. And I think, of course, we will be paying attention to throughout the course of spring training and into the regular season, Craig. Yeah, and I'm not saying that it won't happen almost immediately. There's a reason why there's a, a betting prop on the total amount of times it'll be hit by pitch over the course of the season. I get it, and I understand it. 
But again, uh, the last two games I've been to, I've seen six hit by pitches and the Astros were not involved in either game. It's just a part of what's happening in the early part of spring training, in my opinion. But look, we'll see what happens in if we're still talking about this a week from now and it continues to happen and maybe then it's more of a conversation. But I don't see it as it as of now. Um, OK, so let's start off here. John Carlos Stanton, who won the 2017 MVP, Frank, and won a lot of fantasy championships for people. He put together one of the best offensive seasons we've seen from any outfielder over the last decade or so, uh, you know, almost 60 home runs in that season that he had there with the Miami Marlins. Uh, fortunately for the Marlins, they were able to take that and uh, dump that <laughs> onto the Yankees. And it's amazing how at the time, the Marlins were getting absolutely crushed for trading Stanton for essentially nothing. But I would wonder at this point, all those people who said that then, the Marlins seem to be looking on the right side of that deal now. Yeah, I think that's a really great point as well here, Craig. I had a few of my Yankee fan friends text me last night and say, you know, uh, the Marlins should be thanking Derek Jeter right now. I know at the time everybody was up in arms. There was mass hysteria about, oh, how can you trade John Carlos Stanton, the MVP, away for absolutely nothing? Well, he's owed a lot of money. He's got a lot of years on that contract. I believe there's an opt-out somewhere in the middle there, but he's not going to opt right. out. I mean, he's making no. a ton of money, and he has job security for the next seven, eight years. So, you know, why would he opt out of that contract? Only played in 18 games last year. They tried to rush him back. Uh, he dealt with a bunch of different nagging injuries last year. Now he's dealing with the calf strain, not going to be ready to go for opening day. And, and this is part of the reason why I had him as one of my busts, Craig, in the outfield position when we previewed that. It has nothing to do with talent. It's the fact that he cannot stay on the field. And, you know, I feel the same way about someone like Aaron Judge. I mean, these guys are just built differently. And, yes, they're strong and they can hit the ball 500 feet. But I will almost argue that baseball players should not be built that way. I mean, for, to be able to endure an entire season playing every single day for six, seven months straight, it, you need to have flexibility. You can't be stiff. And some of these guys are almost too big for their own good. We've seen it now with a bunch of different guys. Uh, Judge, Joey Gallo dealing with oblique injuries the past couple of years. Miguel Sano is a big guy. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. So I'll make that argument for any big guy that really is around the league in baseball right now. Uh, and obviously this opens up a huge opportunity. I think, you know, trending up the arrow is looking up right now for guys like Miguel Andujar, who played in left field yesterday. I think they're going right. to find a, a way to get him his bat in the lineup every single day. Uh, Clint Frazier, he flashed last year at times. Mike Talkman, who is probably the best defender of the three and also flashed. Obviously, they have the short porch in right field. So I think the arrow is trending up for those three players in, specifically, uh, in specific. Miguel Andujar, uh, Mike Talkman, and Clint Frazier here, Craig. Yeah, and look, the situation with Stanton is as follows. It's it's a guessing game at this point in fantasy as to whether or not he's going to be healthy or hurt. There's always this narrative that he is always hurt, and that's true, Frank. But you do have to, especially in a redraft league, which is what a lot of, I would say, general people are playing. They're not playing in keeper leagues. Probably 90% of the of players who play fantasy are playing in redraft leagues. Uh, it's a year-by-year -year situation. And you know what? 2021, Frank, may come, and we may say, don't take John Carlos Stanton. And this guy may go out and hit 60 home runs. And that's just the kind of tantalizing value that he has. The one thing that I would say that even from a Marlins perspective or obviously from a Yankees perspective is I, I think that, honestly, as we all thought, the end of the Stanton contract would be awful because, as you said, if he doesn't opt out six years from now with his body already breaking down a little bit now, they were going to have to pay him all that money. I don't think anybody would have thought the last year and a half would have gone like this for him. I mean, this is just beyond what anybody could have possibly imagined, but we'll see if the Yankees are able to get him back, at least in um, 
mid-April, early May. We'll see. Three Up, Three Down is coming up next. Frank and Craig here with you. Also interviews with Paul DeYoung of the St. Louis Cardinals and Paul Goldschmidt as well. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Three up and three down mean to you, Airman? End of an inning. Welcome back. It's time for three up, three down here on Fantasy Sports Today. We're getting ready to close out the month of February, and then it gets serious as the month of March hits us. As I mentioned this weekend, I'll be headed to participate in the Mixed League Auction in the League of Alternative Baseball Reality, so I'll have a full recap of that coming up on Monday. I believe we'll be live at uh, Roger and Chevrolet Stadium in Jupiter uh, with uh, Orioles on uh, on Wednesday. So we'll have some of that. We are just locked and loaded for the rest of the month. If you play fantasy baseball, if you're interested in fantasy or even reality, this is absolutely the show for you. We'll take you right up until uh, opening day. And then, uh, of course, the season begins. Take it through the baseball season as well. All right, so trending up for me, The Bachelor. Yes, the show The Bachelor is going to do a senior version of The Bachelor. Yes, it's true. Uh, 65 years or older, and uh, they're going to try and mimic the show that has done on uh, on television on ABC. So, I mean, this is really good news for you know, the older folk who need a little bit of love. Nothing wrong with that. Don't know if I'm going to be watching it. Don't know if I'm going to be interested in it, but certainly uh, we'll get a, would you say, a uh, older demo to watch The Bachelor Seniors Edition? Probably so. That's trending up for me. Uh, trending up for me on the baseball field. How about Bubba Starling? Never really talked about him at all. Probably only reserved for what? A buck or two in an AL only league. Uh, Bubba Starling, uh, two home runs now in the spring. He has been the Royals' best hitter. He's batting 400. And by the way, it is time now uh, in fantasy that we can actually start, I think, giving out some stats in spring training. Now, again, they don't matter. This is more about like positioning and wouldn't go too far on any stats, but five, six games in, we actually have some data to provide you, have some home runs to provide you with. And by the time we get to next week, we'll certainly have a lot more of that. Uh, so good start for Bubba Star League for sure. And uh, and finally, Frank, uh, this this Tout Wars League, the draft and hold, we're you know just kind of crawling through this thing. I don't know that we'll ever be done. It's 25th round, 26th round, something like that. But in the chat room, a lot of people are saying that I'm sniping their picks. So I suppose that's got to be a good sign, although it could be a very bad sign. Not really sure, but that's what's trending up for me today, Frank. How about you? Before I jump into my trending up here, Craig, I got to throw it back your way when it comes to Tout Wars. Uh, who are the people that are saying that you're they're, that you're sniping their picks? Because as you've mentioned, Craig, there's already five or six people in this draft that you have already deemed have no chance of winning this draft. If those are the people that are saying that you're sniping them, good then point. it's probably not a good thing, Craig. Good point. Um, okay, so let's let's go over this real quick. So I apologize. I'm looking down here a little bit at my screen. Uh, it looks like Matt McGill was one that I sniped here in the 27th round. Does that sound like a snipe? I don't know. Matt McGill, not bad. It might be the closer for the Mariners. Not bad. Yeah, yeah, 20, I think he was like the last closer on the board. Uh, 
Josh Lindblom was a snipe in the 21st round. Is that a, is that Had a good... three strikeouts yesterday. Good snipe. All right, so a couple of guys. Uh, James McCann also. All right, Mish. I don't know that it really means anything. <laughs> the, your your bus at the catcher position apparently is uh, a player that is, 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 that is sniping others is right now. Uh, exactly. I'm excited about the bachelor, uh, the senior edition because senior bachelor, apparently yeah. I love the senior citizens. All I keep doing is drafting old players in fantasy baseball because they create the best value. There's a buying opportunity on the old players in fantasy baseball right now. Uh, so I'm just scooping up a bunch of oldies right now. So I, I have no problem with that. Let's go. Bachelor senior edition. My first trending up topic here, Craig, is Wilson Ramos apparently is working on revamping his swing so that he can create a higher launch angle so that he can lift the ball more. Last year, a 62% ground ball rate for Wilson Ramos. We know that he's always a great source of batting average, and he always has a high home run to fly ball ratio. When he puts the ball in the air, good things seem to happen, but he doesn't do it enough, so this is a good sign. It's a story to pay attention to. He already has one home run in the spring, uh, and they're talking about how they're already starting to see results of him lifting the ball, so uh, definitely something I'm paying attention to. If he starts to lift, we could look at a catcher with a 280 batting average, 20-plus home runs. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility when it comes to Wilson Ramos this upcoming season. Craig, I don't know if you saw this story, but Zach Eflin said that he has a better grip on the baseball throughout spring training and has highlighted that the ball feels different. Now, I have this as a trending up topic. It might be trending down for some people. You know, if you dig the long ball and you like the home run ball, then this might be a trending down topic for you. The reason why I have this as trending up is that any data or any indication that we have on what the ball might be heading into the regular season, I think is a good thing for fantasy baseball. It's going to help us uh, better project players and figure out you know, what our targets are going to be in these Roto Leagues. How many home runs do we need? How many RBIs do we need? And I think that knowing if the baseball has gone back to the baseball of old from 2018 and before that, that, that obviously helps us when it comes to projecting. So a story to pay attention to, Zach Eflin says that the ball feels a little bit softer and that you can definitely notice the seams a little bit more throughout spring training. So let's pay attention to that. That's a trending up story for me. My last trending up topic here, Craig, and I've never asked you uh, if you are a drinker, if you have a drink of choice. I'm sure yes, that I'm you know, a big drinker. That I'm if a you would dr like. uh, uh, huge, huge. No. A big drinker here on the show. We have Craig Mish. I'm Miller White right is now, offering. Frank. Shout out to Danny Okers. He's drunk right now. It's what is it? It's it's 11:20 uh, here, Thursday, February 27th. Craig Mish is drunk already. Producer uh, Danny Okers, help me out with this one. Miller Light is offering everyone a free case of beer for Leap Day. So here's how it works. You buy a 24 case of beer of Miller Lite, and they are going to post a QR code on Instagram or Twitter on this Saturday, February 29th. And if you scan that QR code, you can get redeemed. You get your money refunded here uh, for buying a 24-pack of Miller Lite. Craig, is that something that you'll be looking into? So for like... Uh you know, 30 bucks, they get all your information. That's basically what they're, they're purchasing your information. 30 bucks, <laughs> is that the moral of the story here? Don't be so cynical, Craig. It's free beer. Yeah, uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a big drinker at all. I would say maybe social drinker even at best. And so I probably won't take advantage of this offer, Frank. I'm sorry. I'm out. All right. I'm out if on, you, if you I'm come out, out with that me, if, you're, if you're up here in New York, you're going you're gonna to be, uh, you're gonna be falling over the bar if we hang out. Yeah, I doubt it. All right, uh, let's move on to to my uh, trending down topics. Yeah, ironically, no baseball trending down. That's kind of weird. By the way, um, we're going to try and do the new baseball experiment here on the show. Try and, we'll try and do that here coming up. 
and you know, see what we can do. Uh, okay, so uh, CBS Sports report yesterday. Now, a lot of stuff comes out of this NFL Combine that is nonsense. I mean, like, honestly, the NFL Combine may be the most NFL nonsense of anything. Like, like at least free agency guys get signed. Like, you hear so much nonsense out of this. Guy's hand size, they can't run, this guy's getting traded, this guy's not. It's, like, not even like the NBA where you hear things and then the next day it happens. Here, it's, like, just so much stuff thrown out the wall. This is fun. This is an interesting one. So Kyle Shanahan, of course, won the NFC with the San Francisco 49ers. Had a great season, no question about that. And I read the headline, and it says that uh, that the 49ers could trade one of their valuable wide receivers this offseason. And I would, I was like, oh, like clickbait, right? Let me go. They're trading Debo Samuel, right? Because like, do they have another valuable wide receiver? I don't know. So I click, and the story is about Marquise Goodwin. Now, I want to be clear on this. I like Marquise Goodwin. I don't know why he didn't play, like, all of last year. I don't get it. He didn't play for, like, the last seven games of the year, last eight games of the year. Maybe he was hurt. I don't know. But valuable wide receiver? You mean a guy that you don't play at all? That's why sometimes you got to go within the story to figure out what's going on there. Uh, speaking of which, also trending down, reports of Tom Brady potentially leaving the New England Patriots. And then other reports saying that the Patriots could be in rebuild mode. Like, these are just two things that are very hard to believe. Now, stranger things have happened. This would indicate, clearly, that Belichick, I would think, Frank, would be in it for the long haul, because why would he agree to go through some sort of rebuild if he wasn't going to be around for the next few years? He would retire, too. But it is going to be really hard, maybe harder than anyone since Paid Manning, potentially, to see uh, Brady in another uniform, whether it's the Raiders or Tennessee or anywhere else. We'll just have to see how free agency goes. And then finally... One of the television shows that's a big, it's a big hit in my household is The Masked Singer. So meanwhile, they have found some flaws clearly with this show, Frank, as they have voted out, out of the show on The Masked Singer, both Dionne Warwick and Shaka Khan, saying they're essentially not good enough. I thought the point was to find the best singers, not to kick out the best singers. I know I'm going back in time with Dionne Warwick and Shaka Khan. You probably don't know who they are, but I got to at least mention them here on the show. And that's what's trending down for me today. Yeah, my next question was going to be, who is uh, who is Dionne Warwick and Shaka Khan, Craig? Hopefully you can uh, break Dion. that down for me. Trending Dion. down. I... <laughs> no, Dion, Dion. I'm sorry. See, this is, I don't know who Dion. these people are, Craig. You got to break it down for me. Paul DeYoung, yes, coming up later in the show. Trending down for me, Luke Weaver lit up like a Christmas tree yesterday. Only got two outs. Both of them were strikeouts, so I guess that's the positive here. Two hits, four earned runs, and two walks allowed for Luke Weaver. Something to pay attention to. Dealt with a lot of injuries last year. Someone that I'm interested in started using a cutter more so last season. We know he has a devastating fastball changeup combination, uh, but started using that cutter more last year and started to see more results, but was dealing with a forearm injury for a large majority last season. So pay attention to Luke Weaver. A. Eugenio Suarez, another name to pay attention to. Hit 48 home runs last year, still without a timetable, coming off a shoulder surgery, a minor shoulder surgery that he had back in January. And uh, obviously, shoulder worries you when it comes to power. So uh, another one to pay attention to, Suarez. Let's see you know, if we get a timetable on him. Maybe he'll start the year with a short IL stint. Uh, maybe that'll create some value for fantasy baseball purposes as well. Last but not least, Craig, I got to hit on this one. I know that you are a big fan of shorts out there in Florida. Crochet shorts are, for men are now a thing, and they come with tassels, exclamation point. That is how the article kicked it off. The tassels, exclamation point, is what you need to pay attention to here. Craig, I have a feeling 
you are quite the fashionista out there in Florida. I can see you wearing this. If you see this up on the screen right now on the Sports Grid TV network, I, I can do. see you wearing shorts like this, Craig. Yeah, I mean, th those shorts look like they'd look great on Dylan Bundy, honestly. You know, like you just put him in one of those, yeah, throw him well, out of the mound. Well, he's awesome this year. Well, he's given up <laughs> 40 home runs, 30 starts. All right, we got to take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports today. When we come back, it's the worst rankings of the fantasy baseball season, the most meaningless ones too, but you got to do it. The closer rankings, which will be completely wrong by the end of the year. We'll have them next. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank back here with you on the show as we have been running down all of the different rankings for all of the positions in fantasy baseball the last two weeks. You can catch them, of course, on demand on Sports Grid and, of course, the audio versions on iTunes or Android. And uh, I myself have been checking those every single day. They're sitting there for you to be able to listen to. Also, fantasysportsnetwork.com. All of the audio, all of the videos available for you. And we're capping it off today with the most meaningless rankings in all of fantasy baseball, which is, Frank, the closer position. Um, these are going to be upside down before the end of the year. Uh, some of the most ridiculous analysis that I've heard in fantasy is on closers. And I've been talking about this for 10 years, doing shows on this, that uh, saying that someone's an elite closer in fantasy is one of the more ridiculous statements that you could ever make. None of them are elite. It's a matter of just being healthy. And when the preparation meets the opportunity, I mean, your, your top closers can be on, a, on the worst team in baseball as long as they have a lot of one-run games. You have, I would say, 90% of the closers in the big leagues, Frank. And here's how it works. If they blow the first save, the manager says nothing. They blow the second save, they show a little concern and say we're going to give them a day, and then they blow the third save and they're removed from the closer's role. And that applies to 90% of the closers in Major League Baseball. I mean, it applied to Blake Trinan last year. So for me, this is a guessing game. I never invest big in this. Clearly, in leagues where you can't make moves and you can't use fab budget, you have to draft them. I get it. You have to. And, and in the league I'm in, I'm trying to speculate on even maybe the second or third guys in line for that. I think you have to do it. But for me, I will just never value this position highly. I'll try to own one in an only league, an AL only, NL only, if I have to for a few bucks. But this is just the position with the most turnover uh, in, in all of fantasy sports, honestly. I don't think that there's more in any fantasy sport than this position. Yeah, nobody is safe when it comes to the closer position in fantasy baseball, Craig. I think it's a really good point that you bring up. I mean, the elite closers, as you mentioned last year, Blake Trinan and Edwin Diaz, both lost their jobs at points throughout the 2019 season. So, you know, how elite are those players? It, it is a perfect marriage of skills, 
opportunity, everything coming together for a specific relief pitcher, and that's how you know the closer position often plays out. And you know, even the best closers can be susceptible to losing their job. So let's j uh, jump in to the top ten rankings, and here's who I have leading off my top ten. It's, I think it's obvious. Josh Hader to me is the number one closer heading into the fantasy baseball season in 2020. The guy had 138 strikeouts last year. That was 18 more than Kyle Hend uh, Liam Hendricks, who was number two at the position. Kirby Yates is my second closer. He was awesome last year. Uh, 119 ERA, 0.89 whip. Led baseball with just 41 saves. And there's a reminder to you that you don't need to be on a great baseball team in order to get a lot of saves. The Padres were under 500 last year. Aroldis Chapman is my number three at the position. Uh, still seems steady as they come. You worry a little bit about injuries. He's dealt with some knee stuff the past couple of years. But the numbers are still great. The strikeouts still had 85 strikeouts last year. Uh, I, I think that he is pretty safe. The one that I'm probably most likely to draft from this top tier is Roberto Osuna, just because he's going later than all these other guys. 36 or more saves in three of the last four seasons. Doesn't get as many strikeouts as some of these elite options here. Elite again. I'm using that word here, Craig. Uh, but I think he is uh, one of the more safe about as safe as you can be at the closer position. That is Roberto Osuna. Number five, might be surprising to some people, but Ken Giles for me, uh, the guy was just phenomenal last year. The strikeout rate was ridiculous. It was fourth best among qualified relievers. Swinging strike rate, fourth best among qualified relievers. Uh, Ken Giles for me, number five. Brad Hand, uh, number six here. He, there's some other names in the bullpen there that, you know, surprise that you know, pay attention to. There is some competition behind him, and he struggled a little bit last year. But I think for now, Brad Hand is the guy. Uh, Taylor Rogers, a name on my list who you don't have ranked inside your top 10. I thought that he did a great job last year neutralizing both lefties and righties, Craig, uh, and obviously has the same manager in Rocco Baldelli. So I think that he will show some faith in Taylor Rogers. Edwin Diaz, Craig, your guess is as good as mine because I think his last two seasons are his ceiling versus his floor. He can be elite. He could be one of the best in the game. He could end up losing his job. There are names like Dylan Batances and Seth Lugo behind him. And then rounding out my top 10, I have Rice Iglesias. Uh, I think the skills, the ERA, bounce back this year. Uh, and then Craig Kimbrell. I'm, I'm kind of giving Craig Kim Kimbrell a, a mulligan for last year, Craig. He didn't get started until June. The velocity was down. He was injured. Uh, I'm kind of giving him a pass on last year's uh, struggles. I think he bounces back here with the Chicago Cubs, Craig. All right. So, yeah, and, and and look, we don't have a lot of differentiation on this, but I will say this. I have I have a little of an apology to start with. Um, after visiting the ballpark yesterday and being called basically in the middle of the game that my son has the flu, uh, having to drive over to the emergency room and literally looking at these rankings while I'm sitting in the emergency room for some reason, I don't have Josh Hader in my top ten. So, sorry. Uh, he's number one. So let's put him one, and here are two through 11 <laughs> in terms of the closers here. My bad. My bad on that one. I'm going to put it on the Craig Mish flu. Uh, okay, so after Hader, we have uh, Kirby Yates at number two, Aroldis Chapman at number three, Roberto Osuna four. I absolutely love Ken Giles this year in Toronto. Uh, look, Houston, there was just too much pressure for him to be able to get it done. I could see Giles being the number one closer in all of fantasy baseball this season. Literally could. Uh, Rosel Iglesias is a very solid option. When we talk about elite options in fantasy, that's nonsense. When you talk about reliable options in fantasy, that's where guys like Iglesias can factor in. Because, look, Iglesias is now going on, what, his fourth year or fifth year being reliable? At that point, you have to look at it that way. Uh, Brad Hand, still uh, solid, if not unspectacular, but still very good. Can pitch multiple innings, too. Liam Hendricks had the one great year last year. Ah, uh, 
I'm a little doubtful of him, but I'll still put him in the top 10. I'm feeling like eventually Kenley Jansen's gonna gonna uh, you know flame out at some point. I got to be targeting whoever's in the eighth inning there, Baez or someone else for sure. Edwin Diaz, I think, has a rebound season, and then uh, Alex Colomay, I would think, is gonna have a ton of options uh, in the ninth inning this season because of the amount of games that the White Sox are going to be winning. So that indeed is my top 10. And then Frank, that the other the other like I would say factor with closers this season is that I personally think that we could be returning in 2020 to more of the traditional closer possibility. And as an example, I don't have Nick Anderson in my top 10. You don't have Nick Anderson of Tampa Bay in your top 10. But given this new rule where you have to face three batters, I don't know that they're going to be bringing in the top guy in the lower leverage situation in the seventh and eighth inning knowing that he may not be available uh, for the ninth inning because he's got to pitch to three batters or how that will affect him the next day. So uh, if that sounded confusing to you, it's I'm confused by it as well. I'm just not sure how closers are going to be employed this year, if it's going to be any different than it has been in years past, just because of the three batter minimum. We'll have to see how it uh, kind of works out. But just outside my top 10 or 11, because I screwed up, uh, I wanted to uh, throw Nick Anderson's name in there. Any concern at all with that, Frank, how they're going to employ closers? No, I actually think that's a really good point. I hadn't I haven't heard anyone talk about that yet, that you know you can't really mix and match now in the ninth inning. You have to face at least three batters. So maybe that helps someone like a Nick Anderson. And we spoke about this you know, when they traded away Emilio Pagan. Nick Anderson was filthy last year. There's no doubt yeah. about it. He was second in K percentage behind only Josh Hader. I mean, the guy was ridiculous last year. But we have seen Jose Alvarado be really good in the past as well. Diego Castillo is there. Look, if you think Nick Anderson is the guy – then you might have a steal on your hands because he's still being drafted as you know maybe the 15th closer off the board, something like that. If yeah. he is the guy for Tampa Bay and gets 30-plus saves with you know a sub-2 ERA and the strikeouts he's going to give you, then he's going to wind up being a top-five option, and you have the steal of the draft right there in your hands. Or the Rays can do what they've always done, maybe not as effectively because they can't really go, all right, one batter Jose Alvarado, one batter Nick Anderson, one batter Diego Castillo. But maybe if they see three lefties coming up in the ninth, Craig, they might still opt to go to someone like Jose Alvarado. So I still do have some concern. I think it's a really good point that you bring up. If you trust Nick Anderson, if you trust the skills, uh, then you should be uh, bullish on him. You should be aggressive on him in drafts right now. And I know Matt Modica is someone who did just that in your Tout Wars draft and a very respected player. I had him on the show uh, just yesterday talking about starting pitching, and I respect what he has to say, and I respect his style, his draft style. He took Nick Anderson over names that are – you know, have done it for longer. Guys like Kenley Jansen, guys like K Craig Kimbrell. So if he trusts Nick Anderson, maybe that tells you that you should too. I don't think that I'm in, the, in that camp yet. Uh, I, I trust the skills in him, but I, I still think that the Tampa Bay Rays are going to find a way to use multiple guys throughout the course of the season here, Craig. Yeah, and, that, and that's really the point with them. You know, uh, Chaz Rowe, uh, who I believe is back with Tampa Bay for another season, essentially has one pitch. Like, the guy comes in, usually faces one batter, throws this disgusting slider outside that nobody could hit, and they used to take him out of the game. I don't know. Is that is that something that they're going to do this year? Tampa Bay is definitely an uncertain situation. But, I mean, even going into the year this year, Frank, I think I think we're very unclear uh, with a lot of closing situations, and we'll touch on St. Louis is coming up a little bit later in the show. I don't know what they're going to do. Not really sure what Seattle's going to do. I mean, Baltimore's going to win 50 games, I, I would think, so they're going to have some closer there. Um, 
you know, Detroit, although they mentioned Jimenez as the closer, I'm not positive there. I cannot figure out San Francisco's for the life of me. Uh, I, there's at least six or seven situations going into the year that are going to be unclear. Yeah, especially with the Giants, too. There was a report earlier today that Sean Anderson's now being stretched out as a starter. And I know that right. he was someone that you actually drafted. So what's going on with the San Francisco Giants? Is it Tony Watson? Your guess is as good as mine because Gabe Kapler is there. Gabe Kapler doesn't care about your fantasy team. He doesn't care about a traditional closer. He's going to do what Gabe Kapler wants to do. Okay, on that note, we'll be right back with an interview with uh, Paul Goldschmidt of the St. Louis Cardinals right here on Sports Grid on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Frank Stample, along with you here on the show. We got a interview with Paul Goldschmidt coming up here in, uh, in just a minute. But I got a little... Uh, this sort of experiment to do, which is not going to go well for those of you who are watching. So just be forewarned. This is off the cuff. It's going to be a disaster. But I'm going to try and uh, and display to you what uh, the ball looks like here in 2020. Okay? Because I have one. So you want to give it a shot? All right, let's see it, Craig. Okay. So this is, the, uh, this is the baseball in 2020. All right? So here it is. This is an official. Is it upside down? I don't know. This is an official spring training baseball. No, from perfect. Two okay, good. Uh, my son picked this up the other day. So essentially, the, the baseballs here, what it is, is you can see the laces. The laces are actually more drawn in toward where you see the writing, where it says 2020 spring training. I don't know if they're bigger. That I can't really say. Now, I do have a previous baseball as well. But what you can obviously see, and we're losing some graphics here because of the chroma in the background, so I apologize. But what you can obviously see is the laces are much closer in toward the writing uh, on these on the uh, 2020 uh, spring training baseball. Mm. So I don't know that if that will translate over to um, to the regular season baseball. That I have no idea. But that was really only the virtual thing that I could see. Now, look, being a pitcher or being someone who's involved in the game that plays every day can clearly see that. But per the article that you had, Frank, in terms of just the uh, them saying that it was more like a golf ball as opposed to a baseball, maybe making the stitches on the baseball wider gives them a little bit of a better grip. But if a lot of pitchers are saying this, Frank, and there is any kind of enhancement in favor of the pitchers in 2020, I would certainly think that we're going to have some retraction on some of the offensive numbers that we saw last season. 
Yeah, and that's what everyone's trying to figure out right now is how to project players because we had the quote-unquote juice ball last year. Craig, I got to ask you, holding the <laughs> – nope, I'm not trying to be funny with this. Holding the two baseballs in your hand, um, uh -huh. what's the feel like? That Because in the article it says that, you know, the baseball from this year, the leather feels softer. Like last year they said it, it felt like it was, you were holding a cue ball. Like the leather was, was wound so tight that it was like a really, really hard baseball. Does the leather on this year's baseball feel softer? Because I think that that is something that would also lend an advantage to the pitchers. Yeah, I really, I can't, I can't say that I have a strong opinion. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be, I'd you're, be you're lying not a, not a, if I did. You're not an expert on baseballs, Craig. <laughs> Listen, that's what I'm trying to turn this show into: being an expert on the actual baseballs, <laughs> and then, and and we were going to decipher all of it. I mean, what other fantasy shows in the country actually have the 2020 baseball? And they're talking about it. Yeah, that's, I, that, there's I mean, not much I can tell you about a baseball as right a uh, as a failed high school center fielder, Craig. I mean, there's not really much I could give you. Uh, a defensive replacement at best. I could not hit for my life. I don't know about you, Craig. Yeah, they uh, told me to announce the games in high school. That's how it went. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Well, on that note, yeah, gotta try. All right. On that note, something else that we try to do here on this show, as I've done for many years, is catch up with some of the players that you may be drafting in fantasy in 2020. One of those, of course, is uh, many-time All-Star first baseman Paul Goldschmidt, who is, you know, he came off an okay year last year with the Cardinals. I think some people expect him uh, to take that next step. Had a phenomenal first half and then slid a little bit in the second half. Uh, also, stolen bases is something that I'm asking a lot of players on this year to see if we can get that edge to find out how many steals they're going to get. So, ended up catching up with Goldie yesterday at Cardinals Spring Training. Always been really good about doing this with me because I know that you're aware of your fans and the fantasy community. Uh, how are you feeling right now? How are you feeling going into this year? Try to give my guys some tips. <laughs> yeah, obviously I feel good, but I think everyone feels good now and uh, just ready for the year and try to keep preparing and be ready to go out there and play and try to help us win. And uh, hopefully I can play well. And if I do, then I guess it's good for fantasy. Yeah, no, it's good for all of us. And a lot of us always wonder, you know, what kind of seasons ahead. You had some monster seasons, of course, with the Diamondbacks. Uh, how would you assess so far with the St. Louis Cardinals? Where do you kind of feel like you're at? Um, you know, it's been good. You know, this is one year, you know, just uh, obviously every year you want to get better and play better. And so you're looking back on the previous year, what, what can I learn and, and improve on? So I felt like I did that this off season and come in, be ready to go and try to go out there and play well. So uh, I can't really, you know, say what's going to happen in the future. Just try to work as hard as I can, be prepared and go out there and try to play well. One of the questions that I like to ask some guys that have the ability to steal bases, uh, stolen bases are down across the league and they continue to go down. Somebody like yourself has stolen a lot of bases in the past. Is there a chance that Goldie's got the green light this year? I mean, I'd like to, but I think, you know, it's always been if the opportunity is there, you know, based on the pitcher and catcher and the situation of the game, I don't think, you know, I never had it like, okay, I need to get this many numbers. It just kind of, you know, happened that way that, you know, we needed a bag or an opportunity to present itself, and I tried to take advantage of it. So that's no different, and, um, you know, it's just going to really, you know, be a little bit more dependent on uh, what the other teams do. Okay. My last one, uh, at the first base position, we certainly have a lot of options going into the year. Anthony Rizzo's out there, yourself, a lot of really solid first basemen out there. Where's Paul Goldschmidt fit in in terms of rankings and tiers? I know you don't get into it, but we love to discuss, like, where you stack up against other guys. Yeah, I'll let you all do that. You know, I just try to go out there and, and do the best I can. There are so many great other players out there and guys I'm big fans of. And um, Who are those guys, like, at that, that, that position? 
I mean, I get to see Rizzo here a lot. I mean, there's just so many guys who are putting me on the spot right now. You know, Josh Bell did a great job last year. You know, guys in our division, there's uh, great players every year. I mean, Alonzo, what he did, that was fun to watch. And uh, there's, you know, man, I felt like first base was loaded. I mean, there's just so many great players across the game. And um, just enjoy watching guys go out there and play. And if there's anything I can learn from watching them, I'll definitely try to steal any tips. of the St. Louis Cardinals, who is, I've really been rock solid. And the one thing that you can't teach, I always mention this, is health. And Goldschmidt, for the last five years, is going out there, Frank. He's given you 600, 700 plate appearances, 158 games played, 30 home runs. Uh, but, I, but I think that there were some folks that were a little disappointed in Goldschmidt's finish to last year. And the other thing to me that's interesting, I'm wondering your perspective on this as well, is uh, one indicator as far as a player is concerned is always that on-base percentage, you know, and kind of where that's at. We've had four straight years of his OBP dropping. Now, not to the point where I still wouldn't want him as my starting first baseman in fantasy, uh, but there's no more steals, it looks like, coming from him. That's why I kind of needled him a little bit to see if we can get him back to 10 steals. But I think you're getting 30 home runs. I can't say that you're getting 100 runs driven in on that Cardinals team, that's for sure. But is there a chance that we see those numbers that he had previously in Arizona? Or is this just a uh, a flat line with him based on last year? I think this is where we're kind of settling in with Paul Goldschmidt. I think he'll probably hit between 260 and 270. His expected bat- batting average last year was 262. He's probably going to give you right around 30, 32 home runs. You mentioned the lineup around him, not really a great one there. So you worry a little bit about the RBI and run production when it comes to Paul Goldschmidt. And you heard it in the interview. It doesn't sound like he's going out there trying to steal bases. His th- stolen bases have dropped from 32 to 18 to 7 to 3 in each of the last four seasons. So maybe you expect five. If you're lucky, you'll get seven stolen bases out of Paul Goldschmidt, which is great. Again, from the first base position, you're not really going to get stolen bases from anybody else. But you brought up the plate discipline a little bit. That's been slipping. Uh, The K percentage is up over 24% each of the past two years. Uh, His 11% walk rate was his lowest since 2012. So I I do have some concerns when it comes to Goldschmidt. Not really a target of mine this upcoming season. I think he could still be really solid. Don't get me wrong here, Craig. Uh, But not really someone I'm going to target. And again, uh, the final thing that I'll say, his OPS by month, he was really, you know, unspectacular for about four months out of the season, Craig. 753, 745, 583, 1085, 705, and 953. So obviously the Mm. two months up over 900 OPS stand out to you. But every other season, he was basically a league, every other month, he was basically a league average hitter or worse in terms of OPS. So uh, Goldschmidt, not really a target of mine this upcoming season. How about you, Craig? Yeah, and you know, I think I'm okay with him uh, having him at the first base position. You know what, what's really interesting to me, and this is something that I can never figure out, is that if you remember, if I'm not mistaken, I think, yeah, it was 2018, Frank. Paul Goldschmidt, do you remember the discussions that we were having about him in May and June? Like, oh my gosh, is it over? What's the deal? Like, he really scuffled in April and May. And yep. then from June on... He was the number one player at his position in fantasy baseball last year, number, or in 2018. He was number one from, I think it was about June on. And last year, it was like the opposite. He got off to that great start. I think he either homered on opening day with his first game with the Cardinals or was right you know, shortly after that. And the Cardinals gave him that extension. And everyone's like, wow, we found our, our guy. And then it was like the latter half of the season where he didn't perform as well as he had normally have. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, the thing for me, and when you look at it, 2015, 435 OBP, 
2016, 411, 2017, 404, 2018, 290, 2019, 260. I love the player. I love the person. He's always available for interviews. He's one of the nicest guys in the game. I'm hopeful that he can, at the very least, just maintain what he did last year. And by the way, if he ends up doing what he did last year, you're going to be really happy where you're drafting him in fantasy. No question about that. The question is, can he get back to uh, sort of those numbers that were in Arizona where he was uh, second for the MVP and, by the way, uh, went to six straight All-Stars with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Wow, that is absolutely incredible. All right, uh, got to take a timeout here on Fantasy Sports today. We got the top of the hour coming up next. Uh, let me set you up for the second hour of the show. We've got some of our closer sleepers and busts coming up in the second hour, so we'll go through that. Uh, I, I think that we probably will hit on a couple of these busts because out of the four, you know how closers work, some of them will be. Also, Frank's stamp of approval is back in the second hour of the show. Players that Frank is in on in 2020, and we'll give him the stamp of approval there. Uh, we'll hear from Paul DeYoung as well, and then we'll have Exit Velocity to cap off the show today. Also, don't forget, Frank and I will be back tomorrow from 11 to 1 Eastern right here on SportsGrid, and as well, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., diving into the fantasy baseball season. Our team-by-team -team previews begin next week as well more fantasy sports today coming up in hour number two make sure you stay tuned we've got a sports grid update at around 11:03. tell you what's going on both in baseball in the nfl that's coming up next right here on fantasy sports today don't go away Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more.